Yo, 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 where do you think you're going? What do you think you're doing? You better chill out. You better sit down because the Our Success Podcast is about to begin. here that are success today i have stan durst with me a gentleman that i've grown to love tremendously here in town stan how you doing sir doing well ash what about yourself doing incredibly magnificent sir i i feel very blessed to be in america to live the life we do i know a couple of things are not necessarily going the way that we wanted to but that's all right i never get everything my way anyway so i'm just blessed and grateful how about you man things are going well man i'll tell you what uh just like you, tremendously blessed to be here. You know, the one positive for me, well, there's a couple positives, but a lot of the positives for me are my kids were home for the most part, two in college, and, and I have two at the house. So unfortunately, my son had to go back to North Carolina because I guess they want him to work and uh, want him to go back to school. So oh. yeah, I'm all for that and uh, just do my part. You know, the COVID, we were kind of talking off camera a little bit. The COVID stuff has been interesting to say the least. You know, I I'm somebody who's dealt with it you know, at first I knew nobody who had it. And I think right. that's, you go through these stages, right? It's like, nobody, I don't know anybody who has it. This is BS. This is a, this is the flu, you know? And then you find out someone who has it and you go, right. oh, okay, big deal. Like that's one guy. And you're like, find out who somebody who has it and possibly might die. And then you're like, okay. Then that person dies and you go, oh shit. Okay. Hold on a second now. Now I've got to reset and go, okay, well maybe it's more than I was giving it credit for. This gentleman who passed actually uh, locally in Sparks, Bo Padilla, uh, he was my assistant coach in Little League Baseball for, for two seasons. And I know him very well. Some of our circles overlap, and uh, it was tough. You know, it was really hard to process that because as a human, when you're so callous in the beginning and then you want to be a humanitarian, I think everybody should be a little bit of a humanitarian, even if they don't want to be, because without yeah. other folks, we'd never be here or be successful and oh, this, okay. that, and the other thing. So um, I think now for me, my sister's husband got it. And this was about three weeks ago. Okay. And and three weeks ago in Columbus, Ohio, he lasted nine days in the hospital. He got out. Um, yesterday he was about a hundred percent, according okay. to him. He Thank he God. felt he felt great, and I was excited. So that's where it goes that way. And then the other way you go, well, I'm not a super smart guy, but I did, I like math, and so mm -hmm. I start doing math, and you go, a lot of these things don't make sense. And then when you right when you say that. The far left will jump you. And if you say, this is crazy, I can't believe, you know, we got to wear masks everywhere. The far right will jump you and go, hold on, it's just the flu. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you, as somebody who resides in the middle, and I'm a very logical thinker and like to get facts, I think facts are important. But then the facts can be manipulated. And so all these <laughs> things get hard. And I think for an average American, just being honest, so if you're somebody who earns 60000 to 250000 I consider you a very average type of earner. I think some people go, wow, 250000 that's a lot. But it's still the middle class. Oh, yeah. And as a middle class individual, I think it's hard to discern what's true and what's not. I mean, would you agree with that or – hundred percent, sir. Like I, I'm honestly the same exact way. I, I, I'm neither left or right. And one of the things that I've learned as a kid is that I'm just curious. I don't care who you are. I want to talk to you. I want to get to know what's in your mind. Because if I can empower myself with that kind of knowledge, then at least at the end of the day, I can make that decision for my family, right? So uh, I, I, I don't necessarily believe in a, you know, in a, in a group. Just because for me, like I'm, I tend to be as a small business owner, I tend to probably be a little bit more of a libertarian type when it comes to my ideas. When it comes to small businesses but to your point i know too many people that unfortunately had 
somebody that they lost. I, don't, I haven't lost anybody personally directly myself, but to your point, us human beings, the way our psychology works, we tend to care about things that affect us. And I'm sorry for your loss. I think losing somebody like that who you know you spend your childhood with and stuff can definitely uh, be a little bit of a traumatic thing. And I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with me, if you don't mind, because I know a lot of our audience may not know you yet. Would you tell a little bit of a background about yourself? Well, yeah, so I, I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, um, and we moved to Reno, Nevada when I was 10 years old, nine years old, uh, first moved to Winnemucca. So for me, it was weird because I grew up in an area where most folks didn't look like me, and then when I moved to Winnemucca, everybody was very conservative, very cowboyish, and it was like, even though, you know, the same race, it was like, it was weird for me because I wasn't used to it, gotcha. and we only spent six months in Winnemucca, but it was a really awesome experience. I remember almost every single day that I was there because we went to these Chinaman tunnels, and if you've never been to Winnemucca, there's a lot of history there okay. for our state. It's a very small town, but there's a tremendous amount of history, and these Chinaman tunnels were how people, like, would go underground, and there was brothels and illegal activity, and just kind of a cool history, wow. if you will. Then we moved to Reno, and, you know, I... My mom, my mom and my dad were divorced when I was two, so he left, and then it was kind of one of those deals where he was coming on Friday, mm -hmm. but he never came on Friday, you know, like <laughs> where you're sitting on the curb right. with your sister, and she's four years older, and my dad was, I would say wealthy is not the right word, but he was he was rich, I guess, you know, he, he had a well Porsche, off. had a nice house, yeah, but where I grew up, it wouldn't, people weren't rich, so my dad would open his Porsche, and the people were like, oh man, your daddy's here, you know, and they would be excited just because my dad would come in his fancy car, you know, <laughs> but then I would get made fun of when he didn't come, and I thought that was a very tough experience, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, you your daddy didn't love you, you know, he ain't coming, yeah, yeah I told you he isn't coming, there was times when my sister, <laughs> I wish she was on here right now, we would sit from Friday to Sunday, oh. No way, seriously. You know, not not like 24 hours, but like we'd sit out there for five, six hours on Sunday, oh, on Friday, waiting. he'd come. Saturday, we'd be back out there again. He's coming today. I know right, right, today. right. And he never came, you know. And so my mom remarried when I was uh, three years old to my stepdad, what it, what it became. He, they got divorced when I was 14, though. Uh, so it was like kind of all over the place. But right. something very interesting helped shape the rest of my life. And I've made a tremendous amount of mistakes since this day. So I'm not saying everything was perfect, but... My stepdad, they got divorced. I stayed with him. Okay. I chose wow. to stay with somebody who wasn't my blood. And the reason I chose to do that was as much as we kind of butted heads a little bit when I was younger, I felt like he would keep me on track to be a man and be responsible and have the responsibility to be a man. You know, I was I was having sex at 13 years old. You know, I was doing things you shouldn't be doing at 13. And my 13-year-old son is just in the other room right now. And it's like I look at him. He's so innocent. Like I couldn't believe – I had to go through some of those things and some of those challenges that I had to go right. through. But even with all that being said, this guy, I knew I could learn a lot from. So I, I decided to stay with him. And then uh, fast forward, mom moved back to Washington. I stayed with my stepdad. We, it only lasted a couple years before we kind of did this again. I moved out when I was 16, um, kind of couch surf with some buddy's parents for a while, got my own apartment. Eventually I was uh, being a bus boy at the Western village and going to school and playing football at hug high school. And, you know, all of this stuff at the same time. And I look back and I go, man, the kids today, and I'm not saying I'm some tough guy, but like, that's a lot of grit, you know, for a 16 year old kid to have. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? Definitely helped me where I am today. So, and that's kind of my, I mean, that's, that's the young story. And now I have, you know, four kids, a beautiful wife, two kids in college. I can't believe I have two kids in college that are just making everybody so proud, man. It makes me actually it does choke me up because a lot of people, when I was younger, they told me I wouldn't be shit. I wouldn't amount to anything. And then, not only that, but, you know, my kids wouldn't be anything, which I think is a weird thing to say to a young parent. You know, I started having kids at 21, but 
here they are. My daughter's at Dean's List for, I think she just said the seventh straight quarter. She's wow. a college gymnast. She's a monster. So, Cheers to that, brother. That's that's yeah, a great, exactly. great story. Wonderful. Congratulations. Good for you guys as a whole family. And I, I'm over with you. I think a lot of times when you go through a little bit of a rougher or a tougher childhood, you become that much stronger, right? To me, like, life is like being in the gym. The tougher it is on me, the harder it is. But what I got to commend you on, Stan, is the fact that at age 14, you chose to stay with your stepdad because, I mean, I, shit, I age 30. I don't even know if I have that kind of foresight. It's still to this day. I'm in my mid-30s now, and, you know, I commend you for that. What do you attribute that to? I mean, obviously you grew up really fast and everything else, and it's led to the career you're in, and I want to get to your career, but back in the day, that, that drive, that everything that you had, that grit, what do you attribute that to? Mediocrity. What do you mean by like that? Like I was, well, I think I grew up a lot, around a lot of mediocre type people, and I think people, they, they misinterpret when I say this, so I, I do want to explain it. We live, a lot of people are mediocre. In everything, because mediocrity really is, if you wake up, that's mediocre. If you get a C, that's mediocre. <laughs> if you go to the gym, that's mediocre. Right. What's not mediocre is getting up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym, then coming home to meditate, then spending 20 more minutes on your mental fitness, then planning your day, visualizing the day, seeing it, seeing the big picture. I didn't grow up with that. Right. You know, and so I big wanted level. it. And so I wanted it. And then... But when you don't grow up around something you want, it takes too long. Right. You know, because you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't have an example. So then it takes you until you're 30 to go, oh, all you have to do is get up early, say what you're going to do, be a good person, take care of your neighbor, and everything's good. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> right. Just those five things. like <laughs> Totally. No, you get to a point in your life, you're like, wait, so if I showed up five minutes before my boss told me to show up, and I leave 30 minutes after he told me to leave, and I still clock out at 5, but I stick around till 5.30 – naturally i get a lot more raises i give i move up in the corporate world like there's no tomorrow and to your point i think there's a lot of these things that are trivial but i gotta tell you man like i think you're you're all obviously a little bit smarter than an average person because not all of us can put that together especially at such a young age and i know what you're saying about mediocrity but i guess i still have that question of where do you think that drive comes in how did you how did you become so self-aware to understand that, hey, everybody else is mediocre. I don't want to be part of that life. I want to be something different. Well, I mean, that's a great question. I think some of the stuff will probably come back to like athletics too because I think when you start to see some competition and see what winning does compared to what losing does because losing is awesome, man. Like it's one of the <laughs> one of the most overrated things. Losing kicks ass. But I don't want to be a loser. But I want to keep losing because I feel like every time I lose, I get a little bit better at the thing I lost at. <laughs> For sure. But – what happens is, and this is where mediocre shit comes in, is we're not willing to lose because yeah. we have an ego, because we can't be humble, because, you know, and I'm not talking about the ego that everybody that's watching right now thinks I'm talking about, which is flying out of a brand new Mercedes and <laughs> flossing and looking, dripping and everything, all that teenage stuff. No, 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 that's not the ego. The ego is this. I meet you for the first time. We do the exact same thing. I say, hey, Ash, what do you do for a living? You say, I'm in telecommunications. And I go, cool, man, me too. But what I don't tell you is in my head, I already dismissed you. I'm smarter than you. I'm better than you. I've been doing this shit way longer than you. And I don't even tell you that. Right. I'm robbing you of me not even telling you the truth. I just dismissed you in my own brain. We do the exact same thing. I've been doing it longer. I have to be better. Right. But it only takes one time in your life, one time, right. to either get embarrassed in front of a lot of people or humbled to know you really don't know shit. 
For sure, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen to that. Beautifully said. Absolutely. So tell me something. What about your career today? How did you get into where you are today? Obviously, you're successful in what you're doing. I know just like the rest of us, you probably had your ups, you had your downs. But what do you do today and how do you make your money? So today, a couple different ways. So I'm an investor in a marketing company that um, I started and I kind of walked away from. And now I, I attend one board meeting a month and <laughs> it's awesome. I get paid for it. It's kind of something I've always dreamed of doing is, you know, launching, building, walking away and kind of overseeing occasionally and, you know, maybe help with some strategy. But actually in 2019, last year on July 5th, I made a big pivot. Okay. I had a great career in telecommunications. I've actually always had a career in telecommunications. A lot of people who know me, at least locally in Reno, don't know that because I've always had a company too. So I've worked in corporate America, but always had a company. So in corporate America, I manage channel partners, people who integrate technology into their customers. I would manage them for carriers. And it's a lucrative career. You know, these are these are careers where you could make 152 half a million dollars a year. Wow. So it's, it's a good career. And for somebody who doesn't have a degree, I feel myself, again, blessed, but I'm a worker, man. Like... You know, people say you're lucky. I, I say no, because hard work and opportunity is luck, right? And it's like both of those intersect and they come together. And it's an old phrase, an old adage, but it's very, very true. Mm-hmm. So July 5th, I was on a, uh, <laughs> I was on a balcony of a Marriott on Anchor Boulevard in Portland, if you're familiar. And I'm looking over the river, and I go, that's it, I'm done, man. I'm on an airplane every day. I have kids. I brag about being a great dad and a great husband, but I'm really not living it. You know, I'm not living what I'm saying. So I called my wife on the phone. I said, babe, today's my last day. Just like that. I didn't even get into it. I didn't preface it. And she said, I could hear her gulp. I mean, it was like, what? Um, So I left a very lucrative job to start my own company. So now I used to manage partners. Now I'm the partner. (laughs) So I'm the guy with the plan, right? So what we do now is we go into businesses and whether it's cloud, phone, security, connectivity, you name it, data data store, data center storage. We have the relationships with all the carriers and all the service providers. And what we do at no cost to you is we have a detailed discovery with you and your team, find out exactly what you're trying to do and offer our expertise over the last, between my whole team, we have 400 years of experience in this business. So we offer all that to the customer at no cost because the vendors pay us directly. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we help architect solutions. And why this is important is because most people on the carrier side have a quota. They have to hit it or they don't get paid. And I understand it. I used to live it. I get it. Right. But they have to sell the product they have. We have all of them. I see. We don't care which one you pick. We're actually carrier agnostic. We don't have any exclusive relationships. So we want you to pick the carrier that makes the most sense. We do all the legwork. We have the meetings with the vendors. We set up all the demos. And then collectively, as our team and your team come together, we then see maybe the top two carriers. And then we make a decision for your company. And then we implement it. Very cool. So you had your corporate work. And you were always having your own business on the side as well. And at some point, you decided, you know what? I want to go all in with my own business. Do I understand that correctly? Correct. Yeah. what, what What drove that decision? Because of the travel. You know, I was just over it. You know, I had so many air miles and flight miles that when I told people what they were, they thought I was lying. Interesting. Like last June, I had 1.6 million, million Southwest points. No way. Million. Yeah. That is crazy. You, you, you should and have so, become a pilot. I know. <laughs> I think I had more than a pilot. And just to give you an example of what a no advance purchase ticket would look like from Reno to LA, 20,000 points away. Wow. Wow. So to have over a million. But what was cool, this is what I was going to get to. I love people, man. Like this is one thing that I'm getting better at and getting into is trying to help folks where I can 
mm-hmm. and not help them where I can't. Because I feel like sometimes we we overstep a little bit. You know, we think we can help with something. And, you know, I've been talking to folks about their marriage for a long time, about parenting for a long time, because I feel like I've really honed in on it. I've got a lot to learn. We go through our own struggles and battles every day. But if I can offer something for you or a tip for you to get better, I will. So what I did with those miles is I gave them all away. Did you really? You gave them all the yeah. miles away? Just everybody, like friends, acquaintances, people I used to, customers, just, good I thought you. it was cool. That's really so. good. Well, let me ask you about that, because, you know, I mean, there's not a day right now that goes by that I don't get a call from somebody or a text message from somebody who's really down and out about what's going on, whether it's the shutdowns, COVID-19, they lost their jobs, and so on and so forth. And I know you as a firecracker, Stan. Every time I talk to you, like, I, I get elevated in my energy. And a lot of people talk to me, like, yo, you talk a million miles an hour, and you actually uplift me. I'm like, well, you haven't talked to Stan yet. You should talk to that guy, right? <laughs> Tell me, what, what kind of advice do you have for some people right now? The ones of you who are still listening right now out there, what advice do you have for them if they're depressed? I was just talking to somebody, a 26-year-old. Good-looking dude, stand-up guy, but he's so down on himself. He's so depressed and he's full of anxiety. What do you tell to somebody like that who's, who might just have lost a job, who might have gone through some big life changes? Wow, that's a, that's a very heavy question. I'm glad you asked it because um, I have my own depression issues. You know, I don't take medication, but I know, I mean, one of the cool things about being very self-aware is you know when shit's not right. Right. You, you know when you have to hit control, alt, delete. You know, right. you, you, you can feel it. <laughs> and so I've been depressed. You know, some of the stuff we haven't talked about is I've had a gambling addiction. I've, I mean, I've been through all this, a lot of bullshit in my life, you know, a lot of self-inflicted things in my own life. But to the gentleman who's 26 years old, the same thing I do for me is you got to find you, man. You have to love yourself, dude. I know a lot of people are going to watch this go, that's so corny. It's corny until you start doing it. And then when your life changes, you're like, Holy shit, man. Like, all I have to do is love myself, take care of myself. For example, if you're 5'5", 300 pounds, you know you're not in shape. Okay? You know that. Okay? And I'm not saying that you have to be vain or vanity, but that's not healthy. So now we're talking about something completely different. Mm -hmm. And if you love yourself, you wouldn't get there because you would challenge yourself to be a little bit better. Challenge yourself to maybe do some exercise. Challenge yourself to walk. Position yourself with people who want you to win. Not the people you keep losing with. I mean, that's a really important part, man. Like, we don't talk about it because, especially as men, and I'm going to lose a lot of people over this and it doesn't matter. If you're a man, say your feelings. It's okay. You know, it's okay to talk about your feelings. Because I'm going to tell you right now, mental fitness is a term I've been using for about four years. I never even heard of the term until four years ago. But I believe in it as much as I do my physical fitness. I love it. So when your mental fitness is on point, go get an app. And when the app trial runs out on Headspace for 14 days, go to Calm for 14 more days. You get a month for free, and you're gonna you're gonna end up paying the nine bucks a month because you know what? Your life is worth nine bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go put oil in your gas tank at the gas station. Stop putting shit into your brain every day and care about yourself. I and mean, that's really what I would say is that self love, man, and self care is, is big, big. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you also being vulnerable and sharing all this stuff because some people might hear this and be like, oh, Stan has already made it. He's already big time. He's done this and that, whatever. But when you open yourself up, you let people know that, hey, I get depressed too, just like I do too. I mean, I, I, I try to live that spiritual life because at any given point, at least the earth is rotating the way it's supposed to. The sun is shining at the perfect temperature, right? So I can go back to nature and be like, you know what? No matter what's happening on the far left or far right or whatever you're trying to feed us politically, at least down here on earth, my physicality like we're we're fine you know we're blessed seven and a half billion people why do i get to be the lucky one to be right here in america and not in 1850s not in 1913 not in 1929 
in 2020. All I gotta do is stay on my phone and just rub my little finger in my stupid little iPhone and you know, I can make money. Like to me, that's the beautiful thing about life. But I, th I think uh, to your point, I think it's a lot, of, a lot of mental fitness. And I like that terminology. I'm gonna use it if you don't mind with your permission because I really, really like that. Because like I said, I think life is about a gym and if you don't work out your mental fitness, then you're gonna suffer from it. Anything that else that you can share with us? Any routines that you do? Anything that you it helps you get out of that rut if you find yourself in that? I think trying to become self-aware is important. You know, um, I think the next biggest thing for me is reading. So a lot of people don't know this about me. And I'm not embarrassed to say it anymore. But five years ago, I read my first book cover to cover. Thirty-eight years old, cover to cover, one book, and the book was Start by John Acuff. And John Acuff is a little bit motivational guy. He's He's, he's pretty well known, um, but the book was called Start Period, and then there's like a subtitle underneath it. I forget what it is, but I needed that book so bad when I was reading it because I kept talking about all the shit I was going to do. I was going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, I've been fairly successful, man. I mean, it, but when you talk talking about you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and then next time someone sees you, it's like, what happened? With that? Oh, man, you know, it's like I'm starting this new thing. Right. Doing this new thing. Right. Well, my thing was I got to start seeing things through, you know, and right. so from a routine standpoint – I've been pretty religious about it for the last four or five years, but try to raise before five. Um, I used to have a set time at 4.11, and for a year, I didn't need an alarm clock. It was amazing. Some things had changed in my schedule, so we, we pushed that to five. I started reading a lot more about sleep and how important it was. The number one indicator of Alzheimer's and dementia is sleep deprivation, so really? I think people should take it seriously. So use sleep as a tool. You know, It's important to get that rest. Get up. I uh, get up every day, meditate first thing. It's usually 10 minutes. I've been working in 30-minute meditations because I want to take it farther. I've been really thinking about going to, uh, to Thailand and doing this thing with these monks that's actually very inexpensive and just sounds awesome for like two weeks. It sounds unbelievable. It's like a thousand bucks. You got to get yourself there. But to hang out with monks for two weeks would be incredible. Oh, yeah. For somebody like me who has all this energy, I think it's important also to find that balance. And sometimes I can do it. But when I'm talking about stuff I love and I have the passion, yeah. I never can get back this way. I have to always be like right. excited and happy. So – um, you know, the meditation and then right from there I go into reading and writing. Um, I read for a minimum of 15 minutes a day and I write for the minimum of the same amount. And when I write, it could be anything, you know, maybe it's ideas, business ideas, maybe it's inventions or something. Or maybe it's just like how I'm feeling that day because what I like to do is take stock of my life. I work off a thing called an action plan mm -hmm. and the action plan is something I developed. The, the first three things on it are things that you're grateful for today, the three things. So there's the gratitude piece right. and then the three priorities and then there's a, like a list of tasks mm -hmm. and then like daily habits like working out, exercising, reading, writing, scribing, whatever. There's a save – I kind of play my morning off the savers mentality, which I think is like scribing affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and something else. I forget what the last one is. But yeah, so it's those Beautiful. you know those pillars and I just kind of made it my own and that's how I get up every day and you know, I love for it, the most man. part, it works good. I love it, and I'm pretty sure it works really well because obviously I'm seeing the results of it in my face right here, and that's what I admire you about about you the most, man. Because I think you're very well grounded on like how you position yourself. I think sometimes, and you're genuinely a very kind human being. Like when I was brand new in town, you you took a meeting with me and you said, "Hey, Ash, I want to sit down with you. I want to show you around town. I want to kind of get to know you, figure out who you are, and everything else." And to me, that's a huge part of your success as well. And your your more your daily routine makes a lot of sense. If you don't 
Ahmad, I'm going to drop your link to your uh, your LinkedIn down in our description too. So in case you guys have any questions, you can reach out to Stan. I tremendously value his advice and I've been watching his content on LinkedIn as well. And there's a lot of value there that I would love to pass on to you guys as well. Stan, thank you very much for being on our podcast. Any last minute thoughts, anything else you would like to share with us? Same thing out to everybody, man. Love y'all. <laughs> Bye we for now. We love you back, sir. I really genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us and giving a wealth of knowledge to our audience. And hopefully there's there's going to come a day where I can repay all these favors back to you. Awesome. And guys out there, please let, it, let me know how I can help in any way. Um, just like Ash is so open to helping people, I, I feel like I'm the exact same way. So if I can help you in any way, it doesn't have to be business related. I don't need to get anything from it. I don't give a shit about that. But if I can help you in any way, connect you with people that I know, please reach out, guys. You got it, sir. Thank you very much again. Have a good day. Later. Later. Tribe, if you hear something from us that resonates with you, please share it with other people. Talk about it. Don't keep it just to yourself. Conversation creates more education. And also, always, always, always fact check everything you hear. So hopefully, this creates more education for you, more conversation. Talk to each other. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends about it. And we'll see you next time.